Welcome to Wonder, a podcast equipping women to live a wonder-filled life with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. Chrissy is a women's minister who shares his story, his love, and his word by speaking, teaching, training, and mentoring women of all ages. And Lisa is the author of Raising Sinners and loves speaking to mom groups in Texas and beyond, encouraging them as they raise their children to love God with all their hearts. Don't you know that she's, she's some kind of wonderful? She's some kind of wonderful. Yes, she is. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. I am here with Lisa Clark, and we are excited to have another episode and introduce you to another one of our very special friends. But before we do that, Lisa, who is our shout out to about one of our favorite listeners? Well, I was thinking about that, and I am going to shout out today to Melody Locklear. Melody is one of our faithful listeners. She's here in the Dallas area. We love her. She is so full of joy and fun and just texts and sends us messages to encourage us, and she loved that, and she's one of our faithful binge listeners. We've got lots of binge listeners. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Is that a compliment or not? I think it's a compliment. Sure. Like they just, they have to go a while or they have, you know, for whatever reason, they go a while without listening and then all of a sudden, and I love that about our 30-minute podcast, to be quite honest, because you can listen to it quick and then listen to another one if you want to. So, Absolutely. Uh, Melody has done that several times. So, hey, Melody. We love hey, girl. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Well, Lisa, I want you to introduce our guest. Uh, all I'm going to say before you introduce is I met them in Chicago. Oh. And you can take it from there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I did not know that. Well, Mandy Hayes is our special guest on this episode of the Wonder Podcast. And uh, Mandy is uh, such a beautiful person on the outside and, and even more beautiful on the inside. And she has a new book coming out. And so when the, I saw that the book, I was like, okay, now is the time to have Mandy on the Wonder Podcast and let her share about her family and then share about this book. And so we're super excited to have you. I'm not going to spill the beans on who you are and, and your life. I'm going to let you do that. But welcome to the podcast, Mandy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So happy to be here. Thank you. So tell us about yourself. Give us a little glimpse into uh, your growing up years where you grew up and and who you were as a a young person. Sure. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I have three brothers, my parents. I was not raised in a Christian home. So I grew up doing what I thought all teenagers and young people did. Um, And you can probably assume what that is. Not not the good stuff, but everything else. And I just thought, this is normal. This is just what, this is what young people do. I didn't know any different. Um, I didn't have, I shared this a lot with, with students that I didn't, if I had any Christian friends in elementary, middle, high school, college, I don't know, because nobody told me. Like, I, I literally didn't know. So anyway, um, I went to college at Ohio University for education. I wanted to teach in the inner city. I moved to Chicago. I didn't know a single person. I found a job at a at a school, a very rough school, and I loved it. And I got an apartment by myself and, you know, just living life. And I realized then that there was something missing 
but I could, I would have never told you it was church or the Lord, but I just knew there had to be something more because I was just tired. I was over the party scene. I was over boys and bad relationships and I was just searching, but I had no idea what I was searching for. Um, and I got invited. I had a flyer on my car one day. I don't know if you wanted my whole testimony, but I do. I do. Okay. I'll keep going. Um, I'll keep it brief. I had a flyer on my car one day and I was in the city. I lived in the city and there was a, it was just a little Bible church around the corner. And I, something in me thought maybe I would meet nice people if I went there. But then I was like, nah, I'm not going. So I didn't go. Um, but then another friend, we both had just life situations happen. And she said, let's go to that church around the corner from your house. And I said, okay, fine. I'll go this time and walked in. And I didn't know what hit me in the face. I heard, and here I am, I'm like 25 years old. It's the first time I've heard the word of God preached. Didn't own a Bible, had no clue. And I sat there and bawled my eyes out, my friend and I both. And I remember it's a small little church, mostly Hispanic, just a good Chicago. It's very diverse. And a little lady named Maria came up and asked how she could pray for us. Because here we are, like a hundred people in the church and just these two new girls here sobbing in the seats like, hello, I'm going to go pray for them. Um, But yeah, I started going, got involved. I still didn't know. I thought, okay, these people aren't doing the things that my other crowd did. This feels safe. I have fun, new friends that we play board games and I'm starting to learn what the Bible says, but I really didn't know there was another thing. I just thought I go to church now and I'm not, I'm trying not to do this, this, and this until I went on a retreat and we had a speaker and it was my friend and I both, and we didn't know that we were kind of the mission of this retreat, the only non-believers <laughs> and they're praying and praying and we're crying the whole time. And finally the last day he just sits down and says, this is what it is. And we're like, yes, please sign us up. Wow. So, yeah. Andy. Okay. So, so much, we could do a whole episode oh on that, that you went <laughs> your whole life till you were 25 years old before hearing the gospel. That you- I have to tell you, I was sitting here very convicted. I hope no one says that, you know, like no one represented Jesus. Yeah. Yes. High I'll school, tell you. elementary, like the whole gamut. There was one person. You want to know who it was? A who? complete stranger. I was on spring break, partying in a hotel room, and a stranger knocked on my door, on our door, and came in and asked me if I knew the Lord. And I said, no. And he looked me in my face and said, you are lost. And I got mad at him. And then I buried my face in a pillow and I cried. Mm. And I said, who does he think he, I was... It was, they were angry tears, but it was also like, I've never heard that before. Why? I don't, I'm not lost. I'm right here. What's he talking about? But then I cried. It was the weirdest thing. And so this, yeah, he has no idea that okay. now. That's a great point that you're making because I've always heard that it takes like three to five touches for someone to, for their heart to be right. God uses, you know, three or five different people. So if he used that man that day, he used that flyer. And then he used your friend that said, let's go for whatever reason. Um, wow, what a message to us as the church to, it doesn't matter where you are in that, just be part of it. You yeah. know, just be part of it. Invite someone, call someone and, and sh- share your conviction, um, whatever that looks like. But be a part of the process 
you know, we get so worried that, you know, we're going to say the wrong thing or whatever. Who cares? You know, let God use you to love people and to show them Christ. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, That's amazing. So, so how'd you meet Marcus? So Marcus, I was at my little Bible church. Now I was plugged in. I was in a Bible study. I was serving in students, going on mission trips. I was all in. I went to KAA. I don't know if you've heard that. It's Canacuck, but it's like for the inner city. And so we would take our students into KAA. And um, so anyway, Marcus came. He was at Moody. He was a student at Moody. And our youth pastor was also connected to Moody. So he had Marcus come speak. This is about two years after I trusted Christ. And Marcus came and my friends were like, we have a great speaker. You know, you need to come and hear him. And, um, you know, trying to trying to set us up a little bit. But he he did not call me. So we had mutual friends and everybody, we kind of saw each other, but that was it. And then that was over the summer. He didn't call me till October. <gasps> what? He, yes. He held on to my number for like five months. What's up with that? He he was focused on the Lord. I mean, he was. He was. He was. Okay. <laughs> he was. And he was finishing school and he was, you know, one track mind. But our first date was at a high school football game and we went from there. You gotta Aww. love that. You gotta love that. <laughs> a couple breakups. Marcus. Couple oh yeah. We all, we've all walked through that. To the best of us. That's right. So you ended up marrying him. Yes. And then what happened? <laughs> so we got married in Chicago and actually it was before. So Prestonwood, they came over the summer and they did a mission trip, their choir mission trip. And they met Marcus during that because they partnered with the church that we were a part of. And they came, spent the summer. And then a year later, which was the year we were getting married, Marcus got a call from Chris Level and he said, hey, I need a high school pastor. And I was like, wait a minute, we're just getting married. I just bought a condo. Like before we got married, I had bought a condo. I love my teaching job. I love Chicago. You want me to move to Texas? (laughs) And so we got married in June and in August we packed a truck and we hit the road to Dallas. Hey, you guys, this is Lisa, and I just wanted to jump in here real quick and take a little break and let y'all know how appreciative Chrissy and I are that you listen to our podcast. And we're so encouraged by your comments and uh, just the um, engagement that we've had with each and every one of you. So thank you. We would love to partner with you if you have an organization or business and share your message on the podcast. We can do this just once or weekly or for the whole year. Let us know your business or organization by contacting me at lisaclarkspeaks.com. I'll get back with you and we can chat about partnering together with your business or organization through our 5013C, The Party Table. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. And so then you start having babies and you didn't stop for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> Tell us about the girls. Okay, so Sarai is eight. She's our oldest. We had her in Dallas in Allen. Texas. And then we got pregnant with Amaya. And then again, the Lord always does a bunch of things at once for us. We were pregnant with Amaya. We bought a house in Dallas. And then he said, Oh, I'm going to call you to North Carolina. We moved to North Carolina and I was nine months pregnant with Amaya. I remember that. Yeah. And I was calling doctors and they were saying, we're not taking you. You're coming Mm -hmm. at 36 weeks. We're not taking you. Well, I need a doctor about to have a baby. So I found a doctor, but yeah, we had Amaya in Asheville, North Carolina. 
And then three years later, Naomi came. I love it. So three dollars. And you're one of, of, you've got three brothers. So this girl is rocking your world, right? Rocking my world. In my mind, I was a boy mom. Every pregnancy, it was a boy. Literally every pregnancy. (laughs) And we didn't find out with Sarai. And when Marcus saw her first, he said, it's a girl. And I was like, really? What does this mean? What do I do? I don't know. I don't know what to do. And then the other two pregnancies, we found out the gender. And I, I, I grieved a little bit, guys. I'm whispering now. <laughs> I honestly did. I, it almost felt like, and I, I, Lisa knows this. I believe I shared with her. Um, it almost felt like I was losing a son, especially Aww. with Naomi, because I knew it was our last biological baby. And I, I literally mourned and grieved the son we didn't have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's precious. Yeah. Precious. You have been an incredible girl, mom though. And God knew what you needed and what Marcus needed. And this book is representative of that, right? (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. So, um, excuse me for the, the tears, the emotional, but fine. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's perfect. I love having three girls. I didn't have any sisters. So now it is, it's beautiful to see them and how they love each other and then how they can, you know, get in a fight. And then two minutes later, they love each other again. Um, so I, I've always had a joke about with the little girls when they're, when they're getting older and the next birthday and I'll say, okay, now that's it. You've turned two. We're going <laughs> to stay here. And they're like, no, no, I want to get big. No, just, can you just, we're going to stay right here now. Okay. And then, you know, every once in a while they'll say, okay, mommy, I'll stay little. I'll stay two or whatever age it is, you know? So that's always been our little family joke. My thing with the girls is this is your last year. You're going to stay now. Like you're (laughs) stuck right here. I love it. The, the one night I was laying with Naomi and I was telling her that she's, she's going to stay three. And she said, you know, okay, mommy, I stay three. And, and I, you know, said goodnight to her and I walked out and I just knew I, I've always had the dream of writing a children's book. And I walked out and I said, Marcus, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write it. And he was like, do it. Like, don't look back, just do it. Start. And so I already had all the words in my head and I just sat down and I wrote it on a piece of white paper and I said, okay, here's my book. Now I got to, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what the book's about, the name of it and what, what it's about. So it's called promise me you'll always be three. And it's just about what three-year-old little girls do all the things they do. And so it's promise me, you'll always want the dress that spins and promise me you'll always run to me and scream mommy. Even if I've been gone five minutes, you know, I can walk in the door and it's mommy. So just all the little sweet things that a three-year-old does. And at the end though, it kind of turns and I say, um, you know, I know this is a promise you can't keep. And I promise I'll always love you (laughs) just like when you were three. Oh my I'm glad people can't see me. I'm glad nobody can see me on this. <laughs> but you're just and so passionate about it. Love it, it. It's just been on my you know, it's so sweet when they grow up, but it's also like just stay for a little bit and they don't. Um 
but then it says, you know, I got, I know that you're not mine, that you are God's and I'll let, I promise I'll let you go and it's time for you to fly. But then when I walk out, I look back in the room and she's already asleep. So it kind of walks through a whole day of all the little things. And then I put her to bed and I peek back and then I say, but just for today, promise me you'll always be three. So I kind of gave away the ending of the book. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Tell us about these illustrations because I've seen some of your posts that have um, shared pictures from the book. Wow. Those are so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I found um, a friend told me about this app where they have different, you know, all different kinds of people that you can find around the world. And she's actually from Egypt. And you look at their style, whatever it is, if it's illustrations or they do editing, like all kinds of different things. And I contacted her and they'll send you a sample. And I loved what she was doing. And it was hard because I had an idea in my head, but she's the illustrator. You know, I had to just tell her this is my idea. This is how I think it should look in my head. And I want it to be flowy and light and pretty. And, and then she sent it to me and I said, that's it. That was in my uh, head and you put it on paper. Yeah. What I've seen is beautiful and I just mm-hmm. love it. It's all the things you described, Thank all you. the things. So um, tell us what life is like in your household. I see a lot of dancing. I see a lot of laughter. I see a lot of fun. Uh, it was fun to watch y'all move and show up during this whole COVID thing. And I thought, <laughs> poor things, so having to move during all of this. So tell us what life is like. Marcus is a pastor. And uh, tell us what's going on right now. Yeah, so he's pastoring. Our first Sunday was last Sunday. And he stood up and said, Nice to meet you all. I'm your new pastor. You know, we've been here since March, but we haven't we haven't had service. So it's very, very interesting time to start at a church. Um, you've got the pandemic, you've got other things happening in our in our country and even our world. And um, we're definitely on the front lines in many, many ways. So it's been interesting, it's been hard because you know, my husband is African American. That's, um, it's just been an interesting time for him to come in and lead a church with all the social unrest that's happening. Um, but he's done such a great job. He's stood on the gospel and the truth from God's word. And it's been encouraging to watch. Um, so God has been good. He's been so faithful. We've been on a journey now. It's been almost two years since we knew that that Marcus was called to be a lead pastor, but we knew that God had something unique for our family and we wanted to be exactly where he wanted us to be. So we went through some interesting times getting to this point and even just the story of getting here. I mean, we don't, we don't have time on this podcast, but it was the, the Lord's hand all over the situation to the point where if you look back, it's so funny just on our journey whenever like an opportunity or something new comes, we, our first response is usually, we don't rush into it, you know? So it's either no, or let's wait and pray, you know, which are good things. But when we look back, almost every move we've made, we said no first. When we were in Dallas, um, the church in North Carolina had called a year before they called the second time. 
And they called the first time. And Marcus, we just, we literally just bought a house. And Marcus was put on like the preaching team with Jack Graham. He said, I want you to preach some, you know, in, in big church. And so he was like, and then he gets a call and he just immediately was like, no, I'm good. The Lord has us here. And then a year later, same church calls again. And then, and we felt that, that God was doing something. So and, and the church we are at now, the first time that they contacted, we, we were already talking to another church. And so we told them no, and they waited and they prayed for us through this whole time of interviewing and other churches. And they, um, they came back around and it's just crazy. Like the pattern that, that our life has gone through, and there's so many more examples, but God is so patient with us. And gracious and he gets us where he wants us to be despite ourselves and despite us thinking we know what's best he says i'm gonna get you there you know you're gonna you're gonna fight and kick but i'm gonna get you there where i want you to be so it's been great well and it's such a spiritual discipline isn't it that waiting and I, we joke about it in our household because every time we would ask brad for something the answer would be no <laughs> every time you know brad can can we go to chick-fil-a for lunch no you know, and the video would come back around. Okay, let's go. But the answer is always going to be no first. Whatever you ask him, it's a no, you know. And so um, I could totally relate to that. But that's a spiritual discipline of waiting. Because you don't want to take make a decision that God's not in. Right. And so sometimes we feel so equipped in our ability to answer and to do things that we keep God at bay. So that spiritual discipline of waiting or just saying no immediately then that gives you time to get on the same page with God and to pray through things. Now, I, I would love to hear your viewpoint on this, but I think that sometimes because we're walking with the Lord, it can be an immediate yes, because we know that God's in it and we know that this is his direction. What do you think about that? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially when you know God has been doing something like that second call. And it wasn't an immediate yes. You know, we had to go out to North right. Carolina and we had to come here and see what God was doing. But there was definitely, we were open and ready because we knew that God was working and moving and doing something. It's just when he surprises you that, you know, it, it's like, I'm going to say no and I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait and see what, what God is doing. So I agree. Marcus is definitely, he's, he's more of a first response is no. And I'm more yes. Me too. So then we have to come together and say, okay, no. I'm the exact same way. So tell me what the Lord has taught you in your journey so far. What's the big theme that you see? Um, As I've watched your life, I am blown away by who you all are and how the Lord is using you and how he's guided you so gently. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys have walked some rocky roads and, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that I grieved for you. So tell me all these ups and downs, um, you know, just your life. Like, what has the Lord taught you? You know, the biggest thing that I would say is he's taught me it's not about me. And that was hard because I was there's like I have feelings and I have emotions and I have things plans, you know, and and just through the hard times, the peace that we had through one particular time, um, it was because we knew this wasn't about us. God was doing something and he was allowing us to be a part of it. 
and he was using us, even though what was happening was hurtful to us personally, it wasn't about us. It had really nothing to do with us. It was something that God was doing in his church and that he wanted to bring to light. And he just allowed us to be a small part of it um, for his greater glory and for his, you know, for his kingdom. And we're willing. And it was funny because we went through a hard time um, with one particular church. Um, and there was an opportunity to go to go back there and to serve. And we were willing. It was that was <laughs> we wanted to be where God wanted us to be, no matter how hard it was going to be for us personally. Um, if he was calling us somewhere, we wanted to go. Um, but we had to hear him say, you're done. You've done what I've called you to do. You don't have to pursue any further. You're done. And, um, because we were willing to go back into something that was really hard. If that's what he was calling us to, we'll do it. Send us, we'll go. It's going to be super hard, but you'll be with us and we can do it. Um, but if you're releasing us, let us know, (laughs) you know, we want to obey that too. And so, so, so graciously, um, Marcus was studying and reading and, you know, you think that, that a church or a people, you start to believe the fact when people are telling you, we need you here, we need you. And you start to believe that and the Lord, and, and you know it, they don't need me. They need the Lord. Yeah. But what if I don't, what if I don't go? Am I, am I disobeying the Lord? And, um, Marcus in his study and prayer time, the Lord clearly said to him, they don't need you. They need me. You're, you know, you're released. You're done. It stops here. Um, You can move forward. And so, and that's why we're here where we are now. It was such a sweet time. But the crazy part is that this church here, they walked with us through the whole process with, with the other church. And they waited. And Marcus even told him, like, I'm down the line with this church. This is probably going to work in our minds. This is going to probably be the one, you know, of course, we think we know stuff. And so we, he told him, feel free to move on, pursue your next candidate. And they said, well, we'll wait and pray. And they did. And then after things didn't go well with the other church, got back in touch. And they said, you're still our number one candidate. They had never met us in person. They had never even met us. And they said, you've been our number one on paper. We knew you were our next pastor. So, Isn't it yeah, funny it's- that after you walked through that whole thing, then COVID hit and you didn't <laughs> even get to see them or meet with them or the Lord is just so funny. That just blows my mind with your words. We're just here. Use us. You tell us where to go. Two huge things I heard you say is, one, the Lord spoke to Marcus during his time with the Lord, yeah. which is a great reminder. We need to be spending time with the Lord. He's going to speak to you through his word. Yeah. You don't need anybody else. Yes, you you need to go get other believers' opinions or you know you want to hear from other people, but everybody needs to know this. You're going to hear from the Lord, from his word, from Mm -hmm. his word. 
So that's why it's so critical uh, to do that. But I love the vision of just you all having your your hands opened up and just say, Lord, we're willing to go back and do the hard thing. Um, but we're willing to tell them, no, whatever it is, you guide and direct us. So I love that um, yeah. about y'all and that it was a decision uh, that the Lord just made so clear. I love so it. So thankful. Absolutely. Yeah, the church is so thrilled to have you guys. When when you were at Prestonwood and Brad, would, we were in the student ministry and Brad would hear Marcus preach. Brad would just be like, okay. I know God has big things for this guy. He just, we were a couple of your biggest fans and we're just thrilled for the fact that you're back in the Texas, in the great state of Texas. And that's so blessed. So Mandy, tell us how uh, people, tell us how we can get a hold of Promise Me You'll Always Be Three. Okay. So Promise Me You'll Always Be Three is on Amazon. So you can find it on Amazon and secret that I'll let you in on. I'm actually, I have a friend here who translated into Spanish for me. So I'm going to work on a Spanish version. And then we've got some more ideas for some more children's books. That's wonderful. And I know that you're raising um, your girls um, to love the Lord. And I I see the things that you do just quickly before uh, we close here. Uh, Tell us some overarching goals you have as you raise your um, girls through this life. Yeah, you know, I I share a little bit of my story and I didn't grow up with parents who knew the Lord. And so it's just so fun to be able to teach them and to pray with them and to hear them sing worship songs and love going to church when we're allowed to go to church. But just, you know, everything I didn't have. Mm-hmm. mostly the relationship with the Lord, I want them to have. And our oldest two girls do have, um, you know, our, our little one, Naomi, she, she always says, I do love Jesus. I do love Jesus. <laughs> I love <it. laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Just want them to know how loved they are by their father, their heavenly father and their earthly father, and just how, you know, uniquely and wonderfully made they are. So. Amen. I Amen. love it. I love it. Well, I fell in love with you guys when we met you in Chicago on that mission trip and knew God had something powerful for you and uh, just blown away that you got to be a small part of my story and um, how I follow you guys and just know the Lord has big plans for Houston, Texas. So look out, people in Houston. (laughs) Marcus Hayes is on the scene. Yes. Thanks, Mandy. God Thank bless you guys you. so much. God bless you. Don't you know that she's, she's some kind of wonderful? She's some kind of wonderful. Yes, yeah, she is, Jesus. She's some kind of wonderful. Yeah.